，你是哪些生呢？你好 ，fans of Shukhlistan, and welcome to day eight coverage of the Beijing 2022 Paralympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host Jill Jarris, joined as always through the plexiglass by my lovely co-host Allison Brown. Allison, Ni Hao, how are you? Ni Hao, I made it home from the mountain, <laughs> <laughs> and this is supposed to be the good mountain, and I had a bit of a day. Oh boy. Well,、uh, we are in the media center.、Uh, we've been handing out pins to the cleaning people, kind of right and left. So today, they brought us coffee. <laughs> yes, we got the special bottled, low co-、uh, low sugar Americana, Costa coffee. So that was very nice. I've been wanting to try these, so, but not now because it's late. That is absolutely correct. So, sadly, no magical vacuums. I just I feel so bad. No vacuuming, but maybe maybe if we tape early one day. We are very late tonight. We got a late start. Okay, so、uh, let's get into it. What officiating or volunteer job would you like to do? Okay, so before I got lost on the mountain, I went to snowboarding,、mm-hmm. and I discovered that the medal ceremony girls and their beautiful coats and hats do not show up in the mountain in those outfits. Oh, they have a changing room. Ooh. There is an attendant in that changing room, <laughs> so I don't know if she's there with hairspray and hairpins and emergency sewing kit and spot remover. That is my job. That is totally your job. I can totally see that. <laughs> Tying those hats in a bow because there, there's a ribbon in the back,、mm-hmm. and the ribbon is perfect. And I think it's tied. I don't think it's attached. If you know what I mean,、mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone's got to tie that ribbon. I am so good at bows on the back of dresses. I am ready for this job. <laughs> I will polish those white boots up until you can see your face in them. Well, I bet they're probably glad that there's only two days left because you'd probably take somebody out to get that, that roll before we leave. I might <laughs> to actually touch those dresses. <laughs> I am there with your little steamer, with my steamer and my sewing kit. There you go. I know this is not a volunteer job or an outside official job, but is a team official job. I would like to hold the rifles and give them to the athletes as they come into the shooting stages for biathlon. You just want to present gun. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Competition today started with para alpine skiing early in the morning because everything's been moved up. We had the women's slalom cl-、uh, competition today. In the standing competi- in the standing class, gold went to Zhang Mengqiu from China. Silver went to Molly Jepson from Canada, and bronze went to Andrea Rotfus from Germany. In the sitting class, gold went to Muraoka Momoka from Japan. Silver went to Liu Sitong from China, and bronze went to Zhang Wenjing from China. And in the vision impaired class, gold went to. Uh, Veronica Agner from Austria with guide Elizabeth Agner, her sister, and silver went to Zhu、uh, Deqing from China with guide Yan Han Han, and bronze went to Barbara Agner from Austria with guide Clara Sikora. Dude, this is a total family thing. Isn't there also Johannes Agner? Yes, yes. That would be Hansi and Bobsi. <laughs> you got. She's got this look. 
<laughs> so are they all siblings? Uh, there's a set of twins. I think the sister is older and then the, the brother is there. And there is another sister somewhere because I believe he's got four sisters, if I read the article right today. And there's a vision genetic defect that runs in the family that some of the family has and some of the family doesn't. So that is why Elizabeth is the guide for her sister. But does Barbara feel bad that Elizabeth isn't her guide? No, I don't think so. And maybe instead of saying just right and left, they just go hop, 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 hop. Le, le. <laughs> that is one thing I'm really bummed that not being able to get out to Yangqing and see the downhill vision impaired communication work, if you can even see that or hear that from the media viewing point. But we'll have more competition tomorrow. they got to squeeze a lot in before the games are over, so there will be men's tomorrow. We would like to take a quick break to talk about our Red Envelope campaign. This show does cost money to produce, and while you all have been extremely generous in supporting us through our Kickstarter campaign that got us here to Beijing and also through Patreon patronage, we are coming up on another two and a half years until another Olympics, so it's a little lull in our cycle. And so to celebrate the Lunar New Year, we're having a little campaign to uh, get us through to Paris 2024. We are asking for donations of at least $8, because as our magical interpreter Jesse told us tonight, 8 is a lucky number symbolizing good fortune here in China. Also happens to be my favorite number, because it's ba. It's so much fun to say. And if, if you appreciate what the, the coverage you've gotten through the Olympics and Paralympics, please go to flamealivepod.com slash support to donate. And thank you all so very much for everything you've done for us. Moving over to Biathlon, we had the 12.5 kilometer race today. Did you see, you did not see any of this. I did not get over there. We'll get to that story. Okay. All right. In the women's sitting class, gold went to Oksana Masters from USA. Silver went to Kendall Gretsch from USA. And bronze went to Shan Yi Lin from China. I did see this on the feed. And Oksana Masters missed a shot in one of her early stages. And she and it might be Shan who were like two and a half seconds apart. She was a little bit ahead. And then Kendall shot cleanly. I was like, oh boy, that that one shot because you get a little bit of a time deduction or time addition on, that's gonna mean Kendall's probably gonna win here because she's clean, and Oksana Masters just took off on that last lap, looked like nothing was wrong, skied so hard. I saw Kendall come down the last bit, and it looked like she was skiing through glue. Just like they said, it had got, I don't know if the temperature had changed very much by the time she got to that same bit of pass, but there's not that many skiers. It couldn't have been that long, maybe just a couple minutes at tops, but she just, either she was tired and kind of lost the energy and, or it was so slushy that she just had a tough time with it. But it did look like it was colder out there today because people were pretty covered up. Yes, uh, it was very warm yesterday. It dropped tremendously last night, so everything refroze, and it was about at the freezing point for most of the day. Problem was, it rained all morning and night, so that there was a lot of fog, and there was rain. So I did not get over to Biathlon, but I was over at the snow park on the other side of Jean Jacou, and it was a mess. So I'd expect that biathlon was also a mess. Oh, jeez. 
yeah. So tough race to get through, but uh, good job. They were happy to be one too. And Oksana said that she was channeling her inner Kendall for this race, and that was really sweet. Yeah, they've done one two now. They swapped from the other race, so Oksana has a a gold at this time around, both in cross country and biathlon. For the men's sitting class. Gold went to Liu Mentao from China. Silver went to Teres Rod from Ukraine, who's a multi-medalist now. And bronze went to Liu Zhizhu from China. In the women's standing class, gold went to Ludmila Lyashenko from Ukraine. Silver went to Zhao Zhiqing from China. And bronze went to Brittany Hudak from Canada. I want to mention something funny that happened when I was working on the sheet. So we type in all the names and... Mm -hmm. and Hudak kept getting autocorrected to dude, <laughs> which I think is actually so appropriate for Brittany Hudak because she is just tough. And when I watch a race, I'm just always thinking to myself, dude, look at you go. <laughs> so in my head, Brittany Hudak is Hude the dude. <laughs> I think that could be a good nickname. I think that's a great nickname. She doesn't nickname. have it. We should make sure she gets it. In the standing class, gold went to Benjamin Daviet from France. Silver went to Mark Ernst from Canada. And bronze went to Grigory Vovchininsky from Ukraine. And in the vision-impaired class for the women, gold went to Oksana Shishkova from Ukraine with guide Andriy Marchenko. Silver went to Lynn Kazmier from Germany with guide Florian Baumann. And bronze went to Leonie Marie Walter from Germany with guide Pierman Strecker. Hup. Hup. It worked. It did work. She's got another medal under her belt. And in the men's class, gold went to Alexander Kazik from Ukraine with guide Serhi Kucheravi. Silver went to Vitaly Lukinenko from Ukraine with guide Boris Babar. And bronze went to Yu Shuang from China with guide Wang Guanyu. And we're just about that. I think that's it for the individual races for biathlon. Yes. Tomorrow is biathlon's done. Tomorrow is cross-country relay. Moving over to para-ice hockey, we had the semifinals today, as well as the playoff for fifth and sixth places. In the first semifinal, oh boy, both semifinals were really lopsided. In the first semifinal, Canada beat Korea 11-0. The shots on goal were Canada 43 to Korea's three shots on goal. And I, I noticed very early on, like, oh, all the play is down at the other side of the rink because that's where the Korean goal was and that's where Canada stayed. And it was just so lopsided and tough to watch. But uh, we did have some spectators there for that. That was nice that they brought a bus in. Playoff for fifth and sixth place was Czech Republic and Italy. I walked in with like a minute to go in regulation, and they were tied 2-2. Two to two. So Czech Republic scores with 45 seconds left. Michael, who is a couple rows below me, goes crazy. Our Czech friend. Our Czech friend, Michael, below us, going nuts. And he's with somebody this time, and they're very excited. And I'm excited for him because he's had a downer of a tournament. Then with 12 seconds left, Italy ties it. Wow. That was a bummer. Because our friend, our Chinese volunteer friend, Leah, who is at the hockey venue, whom we talked to almost every time we were there, she's like, oh, you know, this is good. Michael, all the Chinese volunteers love Michael. <laughs> He's quite a good-looking young man. Yes. Very so charming. I'm, I'm not surprised that they all have little crushes on him. 
So she said, oh, it, you know, this is probably good. And I said, oh, we got a long time. You know, 45 seconds, it's still a lot of game left. And sure enough, Italy ties it up. They have to go to overtime. And probably halfway through overtime, Italy scores a goal. Wins it 4-3. to three. Michael, a little bit beside himself. I felt so bad for him. I really felt bad for him. And I felt bad because this is the first Czech game that I missed because I was up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And Michael and I have been sitting there through all the Czech games together and commiserating when they lost the other day. And so I feel really terrible, but having not been there for him for this one. Yeah, very sad. So the Czech Republic ends up in sixth place. Italy ends up in fifth place. and Their tournament is over. The second semifinal was USA versus China. We were expecting a match. Crowd was big. They were excited until USA started scoring and didn't stop. Four goals in the first period. Oh, boy. And that was just the warm-up. So the final score was 11 to nothing. Shots on goal, 37 to 6. Yeah, it was, that was tough. It got, yeah, it got bloodbathy. But you know what was really tough? Listening to the American players who didn't dress tonight, I was horrified. So obviously, Team USA had a really nice contingent there. Lots of the officials, I think some other athletes came in. It was a nice group. Nowhere near as big as China, of course, because China had its own spectators. There are players who don't dress for every game. It's just how it works. I don't know. I don't have the notes in front of me, and I'm certainly not going to name names. But there were players who did not dress tonight who were sitting in the stands and behaved like drunken frat boys. I was disgusted. I I really was angry about this. And and you know, because you heard me complain about this through the whole match. So they were blowing out China very fast. Mm -hmm. Sit and be gracious winners. Oh, no, let's not sit and be gracious winners. Let's chant things like it's all over and check the scoreboard. And as China's fans are trying to do a little cheer, let's try and drown them out with a USA cheer. Come on. It was tough. They it, it, And thank goodness they were small contingent. But it, it, yeah, it was hard because the mood in the arena was very excited. There was a lot of energy. And it continued. It didn't get killed after that first period. They were no. still trying to buck up their team and cheer mm-hmm. them as they should. It was, mm-hmm. it was enjoyable to be in that arena with those fans continuing to support their team. Right. That's the home field advantage. When you've got the games, you're going to have the spectators. And I have no problem with Team USA. I mean, we were cheering when Team USA scored. Right. And they first. should cheer. And, you know, there's always the USA chant. But, like, smack talking. This is the Paralympics. This isn't the NHL. Have some class. <laughs> Come on. I'm you, sorry. I don't mean to laugh at you, but you, you, you really turned Italian mother, grandmother <laughs> right there. I was really insulted, you know, because the USA is the reigning gold medalist. They are the world champions. They are the, the heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. You don't need to act like a hooligan. And be arrogant about it. It, was, it wasn't really confidence. It was arrogance. And it was a look at me kind of thing versus, hey, we're cheering on our team. This is exciting. So 
that's not good. But we noticed, because now I'm starting to see more of the play. You know, I'm not just watching hockey. I'm kind of watching the setup and trying to figure out how they're doing their play. And, you know, you've you noticed very quickly that the Chinese team, because they are coached by a, a Russian, have a very Soviet-style type of play, which I don't think works very well anymore. One, does it work very well in a sled hockey format? And two, does it work well now because the game has evolved? Mm -hmm. Because they were both playing zones, but the U.S.'s zone was much tighter. And the the Soviet zone, (laughs) the Chinese zone, they would have two players past the blue line towards the goal. And then like a couple, two to three players in the center of the rink in between the blue lines. And you go, they can't get to where they need to go fast enough, and they weren't setting themselves up for good passes. It was really weird, especially when they were down a man for penalties. There was just times where it was one guy on his own, and then he'd get swarmed by three USA players, and no wonder they couldn't get stuff set up because people were so far apart. And I think with the sleds being low to the ground, more of your body is low to the ground, you see that puck a little bit better, and you have more mass to block it oh absolutely they are using that whole sled and the Mm -hmm. whole length of their sled and especially for players who are not amputees or not double amputees there's a lot of space there that that they can use I mean we see a lot of the sleds tip over throughout the game Mm -hmm. you know a heart check and you're sideways and then you pop back up so it's a very different style and one of the things when we were doing some research on the coach we found China has not played an international tournament since 2019. Team only came into being in 2017. So I think their early success in this tournament was lack of knowledge. Mm. You know, we said Mm -hmm. this the other day about how when the Czech Republic played them again, it was a very different game. It wasn't quite so imbalanced. And that may have been, we know the U.S. has a lot of coaching, a lot of scouting, So by the time the U.S. got to this game, they've seen all the previous Chinese games. They had a good game plan for their speed and their aggressiveness. China did not seem as aggressive. No, they still had the speed, just not the same attacking that they had in previous games. Right, and I think the American game plan neutralized that Mm -hmm. because they figured it out. So it'll be interesting to see how this program develops because... They're very young, clearly very talented. Mm -hmm. You know, there is some good skating and good puck handling going on. So you were saying you really want to see where this goes in 2026. I do. I really want to see how China maintains that investment that they so clearly put into both the Olympics and the Paralympics in developing teams for these games. Will they continue that investment and try to just become dominant in in winter sports as well? Which would, you know, that would be very interesting, I think. So we've got bronze medal tomorrow, Mm -hmm. which will be Korea and China. And then on Sunday, we have gold medal, which will again be Canada-US. That was the first game of this tournament. Mm -hmm. That was not so great. For Canada. For Canada. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where Canada is. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they handled Korea no problem. Right, right. I am actually very excited to see the bronze medal game because I think that will be a good matchup play-wise. 
because it, it's still uh, what I really want to see from the sport is more teams develop. And because we didn't see RPC, we don't know where they stand as a team in, in terms of talent. But it's clearly USA Canada and then a gap between the abilities of the next teams. It's like women's hockey, right? Mm -hmm. For so many cycles, it was USA Canada. And now we're finally starting to see, you know, the Japanese and some mm -hmm. of the European teams kind of clawing their way in. But that took 20 years. Right. And I hope it doesn't take 20 years for this to, to happen in sled hockey mm -hmm. as well. All right. Moving over to snowboard. Okay. I want to hear your transportation stories. So I got there. No problem. Mm -hmm. I got there. I did my transfers. Everything was fine. First problem was I forgot my top layer. Oh. So I had my fleece. I had my hat. I had my gloves. I left the hotel because it was warm here. I was going to carry my outermost layer and I left without it. So that was the first problem. I knew I was going to be cold. So going and, in, and also, you told me that your hand warmers were in your pocket of the coat that I forgot. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll stay outside as long as I can and then go inside. And okay. So I stayed outside as long as I could. And I was like, oh, I probably should go to the workroom for a little while. My feet are really getting cold. So I'm walking all over the place. And you warned me it was very hard to find the workroom. It is because it's one workroom for three of the parks. So it's more stationed away from the snowboard and kind of more down closer to half pipe. And this facility is a whole bunch of temporary buildings with really, it, it kind of looks like a trailer park. Or in, in a way, but it's similar. Yeah, the prefab buildings well, and they're all, the, they look the same. So you got to wander around doping control and I wandered in somebody's food setup that I wasn't allowed to eat and all this other catering this kind of stuff. Which is how I found the metal <laughs> dressing room. <laughs> so that was a positive. Okay, so as we mentioned earlier, yesterday was very, very warm. Today was very, very cold. Now, there are several spots on this facility, at this venue, that have ice steps. So these are steps that are carved into the snow. Some of them had mats over them. Some of them did not. Problem was that a lot of these steps melted yesterday and then refroze so that they weren't steps anymore. They were sort of mounds and cavities. And so I know the workroom is down this way. So I sort of start working my way down the snow steps. But some of the steps aren't there. So as I'm going down the steps, I go down twice. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and just did you slide feet and just land on your butt or what, what happened? Well, once I kind of caught myself because there was a handle. Once I just sort of toppled over like a weeble wobble. <laughs> I get down to the bottom. I see the next volunteer and she tells me where the workroom is. And it is way, way down. And the entire distance between where I am and where that is are snow steps. <laughs> so I said, forget it. I'll try and find another little place to warm myself up. So now I got to go back up the snow steps. And my feet are just not, I, I'm like 
I'm like Bambi on the ice. <laughs> so I'm about to go get down again. And this heavenly volunteer reaches out her arm, pulls me up because I can't get any traction. So I'm not going up the mountain. <laughs> so she pulls me up to the bottom of the next snow step. And she and her friend realize I am not getting up these snow steps. So, so basically, these you two could be stuck just there. We are very lucky that volunteers came to your rescue. Did they get pins? I had no pins left at that point. I felt awful. So then I had one on either side of me because one rescued me and then the other girl kind of realized... I'm not Chinese-sized, I'm round American-sized, and and we needed help to keep the round American woman from toppling over. So the two of them basically haul me up the snow steps, one on each side, and and I've got my backpack on with all my stuff in it, you know, my computer and my media guide, and it's, so that's tipping me backwards as well. So these two just lovely, lovely girls get me up to the top of the snow steps, and I thank them profusely. And now I'm still cold, but at least I'm at the top where the, the, the event is happening. So I watch a little more of the event, and all this has warmed me up, obviously. <laughs> so I, I could stay outside for a little while longer. But then I'm like, I'm really cold. I, I just need a minute inside. And so I go to the bathroom. I figure that's a safe place to kind of, you know, run some warm, warm water on my hands. And the problem is that the toilet is like a two-foot step up. In, so you go inside the stall door, and then there's a two-foot step up. I do fine going up. I don't do so well coming off the toilet. Oh, no. Oh, no. Thankfully, I had put my clothes back on. <laughs> When I fell down and went crashing through the... <laughs> and went crashing through the door of the stall. I knocked the lock off the door. <laughs> and then, you know, kind of slammed into the opposite wall. <laughs> and then... I heard this very lovely voice from inside the other stall in this very gentle German accent, possibly Austrian. Aren't you okay? <laughs> and I was so embarrassed that I, I, I couldn't even speak. So I just ran the water, figuring if she heard the water run, she'd know I was okay. Or just assumed that I didn't speak English or something. And I'm trying to go as fast as possible because I do not want to see this woman because I'm so humiliated by what just happened. So she opens the <laughs> So she opens the door and she says to me, oh, is everything all right? And I look at her. So I'm just going to pretend like I had just walked in. So I said, oh, what do you mean? And so I went... <laughs> I went back into the other stall like I was just coming in the bathroom so that she didn't think it was me. And and I have to say, while you were telling me this story and I'm visualizing everything, I'm also going, 
where was the bathroom up there? I had to go all the way down to the media center to find a bathroom. Oh, yo, there's a bathroom right by the medical tents right when you walk up the walkway. Yeah. So (laughs) then I found you could take the bus to the workroom. I got to the workroom. I got my soda. I got a pair. Everything was great. I, I took the bus down to the transfer station. I get on the bus. I can't get the bus over to Biathlon. So I was like, oh, I'll try and take the early train. So I get on the bus, and of course it's a putt-putt bus. Oh, jeez. It's a putt-putt bus. We get to the train station at 2.23. The doors close at 2.25. Oh, my goodness. And, okay, so when it drops you off from the bus, it you have to go into the underground garage to get off the bus. And then you have to go through a walkway, kind of long, at corridor, up a flight of stairs, outdoors again, so you see the Metals Plaza and the snow flame. Uh, you make a U-turn into the station. And then once you get through, and that's the waiting room, once you check in, then you have to hustle down another, oh, you have to go up some stairs. You have to go up another flight of oh, stairs. Geez. To get to the train platform. So I take off at a clip. My feet are frozen, so I'm not really feeling my feet as I'm running. I've got the backpack, and I'm waddling, you know, like a penguin. And by the time I get to the top of the stairs, I I can't even breathe. So, again, the volunteer is waving me on, and and they're so sweet. As they see me running, they know I'm trying to make the train, and they're all encouraging me. They're, like, cheering me on like I'm a track star trying to get this train and so I get to the ticket gate thankfully I had my QR code that lets you in ready and this very kind very beautiful attendant says to me it's okay it's okay train is here it's okay so they held the train for like an extra minute so that I could make it up the steps and get onto the train I got onto the train and I collapsed in my seat and I thought I was giving myself a stroke I could not breathe (laughs) But let me tell you, getting to para, uh, snowboard was worth it because I heard Oscar. And was Oscar in fine form today? He was in fine form. And I could see them dancing in their office. <gasps> jealous. I'm jealous of that. The Italian stallion. He was calling all the Italian racers. There is a Korean snowboarder whose last name is Lee. So he says, oh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> I heard him sing, Oh, Canada. Even he was cheering me on when I was running through the train station. <laughs> He's like, go, Buster Brown. I... <laughs> so all of that means I missed hanging out with Michael at the Czech hockey Aww, game. But, you know, this is, a, this is a good story. You got a great story out of the deal. And I thought, I thought yesterday we had lost it. <laughs> Apparently, it just continued on through today. Well, how was the actual competition? It was great. Brenda Huckabee was so much fun. So she is the American snowboarder who originally was classified out of racing here in Beijing, reclassified back in, and ended up with the gold medal. And she was just thrilled and glowing and literally jumping up and down. And I saw her shoey ceremony. Oh, and she was very emotional and and very excited coming through. And bank slalom is a lot of fun. There's 21 turns. 
there are three rollers at the top, three rollers at the bottom that oh, they go cool. over. And it's sort of like surfing. Oh, okay. They, they just race around mm-hmm. the edges. It's not hard to watch whoever's got the fastest time. And in this, you know, we've been talking so much about is the OBS feed cutting things off. Mm-hmm. In this race, in the early rounds, the racer was starting before the other racer was finished. Oh, okay. So, so then they would down. go, okay. right, they would go back, show you the start, and then cut live. Oh, okay. So that was actually what was happening at the race until they got to the content, the metal contenders. Oh, and then they let them. Then they each went through okay. on their own. Interesting. I would be very curious to see what they do if somebody goes down and they have to hold the course. Do they just take that person off and then say, you go back up and start again? I don't know. There weren't any crash wipeouts. Maybe, maybe this is not a stuff, something that you wipe out on because it looks, it did, I mean, I saw the course from where I was and it did look very gentle. It's just kind of maneuvering turns and trying to go as fast as you can, but it doesn't look like super icy. Right. People didn't wipe out. One person bounced out and bounced himself off the course. And then there's a, a course, for lack of a better word, that they can just snowboard down mm. off to the side. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people had some bobbles, but people did not, unlike in Alpine, just crash and totally lose it. And I think it's because it's not as ri- risky is not the right word, but I think there is a gentleness to it but obviously if I tried it we know Mm -hmm. what would happen but at this level they know what they're doing and it's how fast can you go how fast can you control it but it's fun to watch cool very because it's easy Mm -hmm. it's easy to understand what's happening I mean obviously you don't know all the technicalities of it but you can watch it without much background and say that looks like a lot of fun to try excellent well, in the men's bank slalom upper limb class, gold went to Maxime Montagnoni from France. Silver went to Ji Lija from China. And bronze went to Zhu Yonggan from China. In the lower limb one class, gold went to uh, Wu Zhongwei from China. Silver went to Chris Voss from Netherlands. And bronze went to Tyler Turner from Canada, who won in the uh, snowboard cross. In the lower limb two class, gold went to Sung Chi from China. Silver went to Mati Sirhamari from Finland. Oh, it's nice to see him get another medal. And bronze went to Ollie Hill from Great Britain. The other announcer, the English language announcer, called him Ali Ali Oxenfree. Oh, that's fun. He was fun. I mean, I really liked that pair as an in-house announcer. I thought they did such a great job. Um, and then in the women's lower limb two class, gold went to Brenna Huckabee, as you said, from USA. Silver went to Gang Yang Hon from China. And bronze went to Li Tian Tian from China. And we ended the day with wheelchair curling. We had semifinals today and the bronze medal match. So in the first semifinal, it was China versus Canada. China won 9-5 to five in seven ends. So China just got out there early. Had some big ends, and Canada tried to claw back, but they couldn't. Again, with the vocal stuff, lots of crowd noise. They were really, I will say that the crowds are so into the curling. It's really cool, really, really nice. And very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. In the other semifinal, it was Slovakia versus Sweden, much closer. It came down to the last rock. Would that give 
uh, Slovakia the tie or the win because they were down. And sadly, no, for Slovakia, Sweden won six to four. And our Omega timing friend, Sylvan, <laughs> when that last rock was going, he's like, he, he made the, the violin motion. He's like, the, the rock is sliding down the frozen river. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> And in the bronze medal match, Canada beat Slovakia 8-3. to three. Canada had a big four-point end in the eighth to seal the deal because it was very close. Again, it was 4-3 after seven ends, and uh, Canada just came out there and said, we are taking this medal home. Tomorrow's a gold medal match. We are getting down to the, the end of things. Well, what'll be nice is we have not seen a medal ceremony all Paralympics. Because the only medals that have been awarded have been at Yangqing and Zhang Jaku. And the medal ceremonies at Zhang Jaku start after the late train leaves. So you can't stay there. And Yangqing, we, we won't even talk about Yangqing, but that's the issue. So that we haven't talked about going to the medal ceremony because we haven't been to one. Right. And if curling awards their medals the way they did in the Olympics, they'll do a venue ceremony right after the gold medal match. So maybe we'll get to see a medal ceremony. And I think they should because the medals plaza is sort of broken down. So all of the crowd stuff is gone. The flag poles are gone. The rigs that held like cameras and things, those are gone. The, the shell is still sort of up the back is down. So they've got to have them at the venue. So it looks like we will see the curling ceremony and the hockey ceremony at venues. But that also means no flag flick because it's the two-sided poles at the venues, yes. not the straight flagpole. Yes. Sadly. I guess we have to wait for our closing ceremonies for that last flag flick. No, because the flags come down. They oh, don't go up. Oh, you're right. All I got to see was the, the marginal flag flick done at opening ceremonies. Oh, boy. Sorry. I guess those we'll just have to go back to the feeds and watch them again. It's okay. All right. I'll be all right. Oh. I came back from the mountain in one piece. <laughs> You're not letting me out of Beijing for the rest of the games. No. Well, there's no reason. Well, I mean, we can't get anywhere else in time for anything for the rest of the games. So Beijing it is. And we would like to thank our Kickstarter collectors, Meredith Brixke and Charlotte Jackson, for their contributions to help us get here. And you know who would make me feel better? I... I can guess. Our mascot, Theo, he would cuddle with me. Mm -hmm. He likes love. Mm -hmm. And Theo has also been known to sport some fancy Team USA gear. I have seen collars, bandanas, hats, scarves, sweaters, occasionally a pair of sunglasses. Sounds like Theo is ready for the gold medal sled hockey match. I think he's ready. He will be watching, no doubt. I wonder if he barks at it. Good question. Gets all excited. Tree cheers on Team USA in a dignified manner. And he, w he would never act like a drunken frat boy in world stage. I hope those boys are disappointed in themselves. Well, and if they aren't, you can just be disappointed for them. I am. All right. Well, I think that will do it for this episode. Tune in again tomorrow for one of the last days of competition. And if you want to hear what else <laughs> I'm going to tell these athletes, you can come join us on our Keep the Flame Alive Facebook group. It's a place to hang out with us and all our other listeners. Jill is on Twitter and I am on Instagram. 
both are at flamealivepod. You can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or call or text us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMIT. We will catch you back here tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. And until then, keep the flame alive.